Welcome to the Crew 3 Podcast. I was recommending with me as always are my co-hosts Chris and Ricky. You got you got something in your eye there? I'm letting him do his thing. Yeah. You, you smell you smell toast? No. Oh, I know what that was. That's the signal for Chris's breaking news. <laughs> it uh it, it it actually it actually wasn't, but you you let me is, is it breaking news time for the people I, at home? I mean it can be breaking news time if you if you think it is. You know what? I think the people deserve an update. Oh yeah. I think the people I think the people need to know because I have right here, fresh off the presses. Okay. Okay. All right, yeah. Some updates. Big news Morgan's over here. Big news Morgan's from uh uh, uh presidential candidate and animal cruelty activist Joe Exotic. Okay, if you haven't seen Joe Exotic running for president and was uh, scheduled to have a meeting on uh not the only on, fellow running for president this this election right. cycle yeah on uh, on fox business but unfortunately unfortunately on the day uh which they were scheduled to show up live from prison video cast to uh to fox news uh joe exotic was thrown in solitary confinement and uh they don't do streaming from solitary confinement so thankfully thankfully joe exotic's press secretary was able to get off early from the shift of the cracker barrel okay uh-huh. There is this go. still the guy who ran his campaign that worked at Wa- the gun department at Walmart? Yeah, different, different guy, different guy. That right, guy worked right. at Walmart in the in the gun department. This guy, uh, host and server at the Cracker Barrel, and also works in the gun department of Cracker Barrel. <laughs> also <laughs> works in the gun department of you, Cracker Barrel. You can find anything at the Honky Bucket if you look hard right. enough. If you look hard enough, it's probably there, or it's in the parking lot. One of the two, you know. Right, right, right. So thankfully, they were able to get off early and show up, and and you know bring to light the injustice of Joe Exotic's solitary confinement. And, you know, as it is, you know, you, you, you can't, it's hard to find a monkey sitter on late notice. Okay. I think we've all been there. I think we all know what's up. So I, of course, hold on. Are you, are you about to bring up crew three hall of fame member pole assassin? We well, are getting there. Yeah. Yeah. How many people who listen to this show now even remember the pole assassin saga. It, it was a year and a half ago, and and it, this this story because of the the press secretary for Joe Exotic showing up with their monkey um, as they could, again you know last minute monkey sitter was not available. They had to go on Fox News with the <laughs> with the monkey in tow uh, and and gave it little adorable pets and whatnot as they were given the thing, which got me to thinking. How is Gia the monkey? Longtime Crew 3 listeners will remember, of course, uh, catching you guys up that the highest paid special teams coach in the nation, uh, I Googled that one, works for the University of Texas. And at some point, uh, according to news outlets, left their wife and kids for an exotic dancer named Pole Assassin that they saw on Jerry Springer. Now, for the kids who don't know what Jerry Springer is, instead of letting millions of people do trashy content like we do these days, Back in the 90s, we just let one guy do all the trashy content. We put him on daytime television. That guy's name was Jerry Springer. And uh, and Pole Assassin. Hold was- on. There was Maury. There was Maury. Maury. But that was about connecting families, if you think about it. You know? Yeah. Was really, sure. was the really daytime up. television drama stayed yeah. in daytime yeah. and not all the time. Right. True. You're that's not going to really- tell me Judge Judy is not high-quality programming. Okay? You know, that's really the problem. Like, all I'm saying is Jeff Probst, you know, he heals, right? Uh-huh. He brings us together to survive. Amen. Right? Amen. So, uh, so anyway, they, uh, they moved to Austin. Uh, this guy, Jeff, Jeff Banks and, uh, and Pole Assassin moved to Austin and Pole Assassin loves two things. And that is her emotional support monkey Gia in haunted houses. <laughs> and so unfortunately uh, on, in 2021, 
they ran their haunted house and a child doing what children do escaped the main thing and started running around their backyard, found a gate that says do not enter, which then immediately, you know, you got to enter that, found a monkey and was like jackpot. Um, oh, not no, jackpot. Harambe too over here. Right, yeah, not jackpot. Gia the, Gia the monkey was hungry for human flesh that day and got to chomping. Got to chomping on the oh, no. there, and I was of course concerned about uh, Gia the monkey's fate after this whole saga. You can go Google to find out that this is an actual real thing that happened. And uh, I recently found out that according to an update from a site that they ran another haunted house, there's no news of Gia the monkey leaving us on the monkey rainbow bridge. So I was uh, I was thankful because I had been under the impression that Gia the monkey had 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 left our world but thankfully thankfully not i had a whole bit planned with the uh you know they're they're hiding g of the monkey or g of the monkey came back with joe exotic just like harambe yada yada michael jackson you know still alive yada yada yeah, i thought you told me that g of the monkey was being taken care of by joe exotic now that's that's that was what i thought okay because, uh Where do you find the time nobody can prove it but to keep up with not only F-less See, celebrities. Chris, Chris doesn't watch Fox News. He just the, looks at Fox, the the Fox News like highlight reels. Right, right. I didn't know. I watched the – I started following Joe Exotic on Twitter, which which, which is a mistake. Don't do that. It's There's not – he had the one good – he had the one good tweet about the people who went under in the submarine. And then uh, and then after that, it's been all garbage. It's been, it's been all garbage. But, you know, if you remember again, uh, Joe Exotic again, you know, I, there's a reason I call them famous animal cruelty advocate for his. You didn't his mention what side advocate. of the uh, argument he was on. No. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, exactly. but you know what, though? He had the drip. He he let his employee bleed out while he went and got his rhinestone EMS jacket. That's his it. bomber That's jacket. Remember that? Right. I know the people come to us for the hard hitting, hard hitting yeah. facts, breaking news stories. Right. And I wanted to. You know, everyone, keep up. everyone who loved one last, last week was going to be really hyped for Joe Exotic talk this week. That's when right. I go to RCQs. I go to RCQs, and then you guys just uh, catch up with Joe Exotic. <laughs> I didn't want. It's not a whole lot as he's currently in in uh, solitary confinement, so there's really not a oh, lot. Right, right. On. So you know where he is. That's right. There's not a lot going yeah, on yeah. there. Look, Ricky, it's he's not playing Grand Arcade. I didn't, want to, sure. I didn't. I didn't want to pay a hundred dollars to go play a Lord of the Rings RCQ. All I'm saying is, you know, you probably haven't been to Cirque du Soleil. That's all I have saying. not. That is that impression. What are your daily practices, T.Y. Oh, Jackson? Man. That's right. That's My right. daily practices. All right. So uh, with that out of the way, this week's episode, we got a few things to talk about. Um, shouts to Fire Shoes uh, for pointing out that I was wrong last week. Uh, I know. Who would have thought Ruckman, Ruckman's wrong? Never, Fair. never happened. Australia? Never happened Kind of easy uh, to forget about, you know? Yeah, Australia and Japan. There were three other, like, Asian RCs. Apparently, Japan uh, has their own, so we missed that. And then there is South America and one other one this week. Hold on. Fire Shoes sent me the list of them. When Ooh, I'm not here to set these boys straight, thankfully, Fire Shoes yeah. has our back. I'm too busy breaking PSA graded cards out of slabs. There's honestly uh, been so much hype stuff at every RC that I thought there couldn't possibly be more. Yeah. Right. right? Uh, like we had people playing Brazil and South America. We had people turn in other people's creatures into arch fiends of the dross. Mm-hmm. We had people, uh, reanimating auras. Uh, you know, we got some people winning with spirits that aren't named Ruckman. I'm not allowed to win with spirits. 
Um, you know, and we had Phoenix, and like I that had to be breaking cards out of Beckett's labs. Okay, Phoenix victory had to be like the highlight of the RC season. So I was like, wrap it up, it's done, right? Yeah. There, there can't be any more, right? Yeah. And I, I laid down, I laid down the law that like if you're a Raptors mid range player, you know, tough, but you're not going to win, right? Yeah. And so now I've got opportunity to be proven wrong. Or even better, I have opportunity to be proven more right. So, which is what so happened, far, right? so far, more right is winning. Yeah, it's always more right, baby. Um, yeah. So, turns out, right? Uh, there are there were two RC RCs to talk about, and of course the the super challenge. So, we will talk about those three events real quick, and then we had some requests. To look, I know I said we're going to ignore the one ring on this show, but the boys have been going hard on the Lord of the Ring drafts. Ma- mainly Chris and Ricky. I have not been going hard on Lord of the Ring drafts. It's fun. Um, so we thought it was requested that uh, the boys talk about and give you some tips for your Lord of the Ring drafts. So that's what we're going to talk about this week. So we're going to go over those three events. We're going to talk about the Lord of the Rings limited format, and that'll be this episode. Uh, next week, with the end of RCs, we'll kind of rerun what we did last week. We're going to go over again all of the top eight deck, all of like the winning deck lists, and I'm going to run the numbers on all the top eights, and we're going to kind of talk about the aftermath of the RCs and go over kind of the, the current slash new Pillars of Pioneer, if you will, for those people who, of course, love to keep track of those kinds of stuff. And then our patrons gave us uh, some other lovely topics we'll be covering over the next few weeks, uh, such as like what our plans are going to be uh, during Pioneer Pioneer off season uh, and all kinds of things like that. So be sure to tune in. We've got some great ideas for episodes coming in the next few weeks. So uh, yeah, don't go anywhere during that. But of course, before we talk about these events, I do want to take a quick second to mention how apparently Lord of the Rings product hype is never going to end because not only does the bundle come out, uh, I believe next weekend or this weekend rather, which is of course your um, no, no, not the bundle, the gift. The gift fund. Sorry, the gift the bundle's bundle. already out. The bundles already decks, out. The starter but, decks, the commander decks, the jumpstart boosters, yeah. the regular boosters, the set boosters, the collector boosters, and the new player start guides. Correct. Uh, but of course, the um, what am I thinking of here? Um, sorry, the the gift bundle, which includes um, eight packs and the and a collector booster. Uh, I will say these these bonus are kind of cool because they also give you instead of like the one random promo, they give you one of the mini uh, multi card panorama things. So those are those are pretty cool. I actually really do like that part of this product. Uh, but not only that, but apparently there are going to rerun collector boosters over the over Christmas, like during the winter, that are going to be called Lord of the Rings Special Edition Collector Boosters, where they are taking out the serialized cards and putting in new alt art and giving them their own foiling process. Not only that, there is also going to be, and actually, again, I think this product is kind of cool uh, for like the collectors out there. Uh, they are doing a set of four... Uh, they are called uh, what are these called? Scene packs, scams. The, the scene box. They're not scams. There's actually not. I think these are actually priced pretty good. These are scene boxes, so you get three set boosts for their. They retail for like thirty thirty five dollars. 
Um, you can order all four of them right now for one thirty six. And Amazon um, will only ship you one. What's up? You heard about that, right? No. What's up? So people who pre-bought the four commander decks from Lord of the Rings from Amazon for two hundred and twenty dollars uh-huh. uh, were each shipped only one deck. No. Yeah, and now Amazon like doesn't know what they're supposed to do because they don't know how to correctly send the other three to you. No. Yeah. Oh, geez. I'm sure they'll figure something out. It's like... Yeah. Have the drones bring them in. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, this uh, this scene boxes, they come with three set boosters, six of the scenic cards we talked about, and they include uh, like a little pre-made display easel for you to put them in. So uh, that's kind of actually a fun product. But again, uh, I love the... We're going to re-release the collector boosters with different art and no serialized cards this time. That's what people wanted. Yeah. Uh, also, I do think now that gift bundles are out, we're going to see the One Ring be opened. The the actual the One Ring be you opened. You also forgot a product. Oh, what product is that? How could you have forgotten? Uh-oh. 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 Pay no attention to the room behind the curtain. You're good. I got to be right back anyway, so. Uh, how could you forget to mention the mini collector booster? The mini collect? Oh, in the commander decks? Oh, did you not know? They're different from regular collector boosters. As the only way to get full art foil rares and mythics is in those two card mini packs. This is not Wizards has gone on and said this wasn't a mistake. This is, and also they had to put out a list of the cards that officially do and don't come uh-huh. in full art foil because not all of them come in full art foil. This was not a mistake. This is not no. This was intentional. We meant to do this. This is what we wanted the whole time. So you're was telling it- me that if, if someone was running a What's Not stream, where on a bingo card it said, open a full art foil, the one ring. It can't happen. I'm very sorry, but you'll never hit uh, that bingo card. Okay, all right. Uh, you can only get the foil full art one ring in a collector pack mini inside of a commander deck, which does make them, since the commander decks are going for like 60 bucks each. Yeah. It does officially make them more expensive than regular collector boosters. <laughs> uh, it's real degen gambling. And a lot of them are coming bent in half because they're just shoved in the in between the cardboard. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So um, that's why foil full art, the one rings are going for like $900 plus because you can only get it. So it's time to gamble, right? It's time to buy a commander deck and like, you know. But I mean... Who is this product for? It was for the commander players, so it makes sense. Yeah, the, the biggest prizes be in only commander decks where nobody very else would look. Very true. Very true. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get things rolling. Wait for Chris to come back. Um, which where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the challenge? Do you want to start with the showcase? Do you want to start with the RCs? Where do you want to start? Let's start with the RCs. Okie doke. Uh, your oh, first RC. Is here is the one for Japan and Korea, and then here's the link for the one for. Oh, sorry, that was Australia. Yeah, you here's sent me the, the Australia one. Here's first. the here's the one for Japan and Korea. Yeah, how could you? Uh, all right, uh, real quick, our top eight for for Australia is. Uh, our bottom four, we have Alex Lim on Mono Green Devotion, uh, De- Matt Anderson on Demir Control, Michael Russell on Is It Phoenix, 
and Brennan Crawford on Lotus Field Combo. In third and fourth place, we have uh, Jim Liu Lau on Boris Convoke, Mark Zhao on Azorius Control. Wow. Then we have uh, Willow Moon on Mono White Humans, and then we have Ben Kemp also on Mono White Humans. We had a Mono White Mirror match there in the finals. And they are not the same 75. They are not the same 75. Let's take a quick look at those differences then, shall we? Let's take a look at our second place list here. Uh, we are on one Kithy on four Hopeful Initiate, three Dauntless Bodyguard, four Recruitment Officer, one Giant Killer, four Thalia, four Copacoat Vanguard, four Adeline, three Brutal Cathar, four Thalia's Lieutenant, two Brave Villains, four Ossification. Our winning deck list is on... Uh, one Kithion, four Hopeful Initiate, four Dauntless Bodyguard, four Recruitment Officer, four Copacoat Vanguard, four Thalia, four Thalia's Lieutenant, four Adeline, three Brukathar, one Knight Errant of ES2 Bear, Brave the Elements, and three Ossification. What are our big sideboard differences here? Our winning list has two Redain, one Brutal Cathar, two Destroy Evil, four Portable Hole, four Wedding Answer, two Rest in Peace. Our second place list has, uh, these are pretty. The Invasion. The Invasion of Gobakan as a two of instead of uh, the actual differences in the main board is that second place here is running four ossification and a giant killer. Mm -hmm. Whereas first place is playing a knight errant of Eos and three ossification. Yeah. But there should be a different change too. Uh, You want other changes? Fourth bot, they're the fourth bodyguard. Ah, yes, there, there it is. Yeah, but yeah, pretty close. And uh, mono white, you know, we said it was good. Yeah, here it is, cleaning it up here. Is it Phoenix also? To... Yeah, is it Phoenix also getting another top eight here? Yeah, and uh, uh, no else top out? eight for Rakdos mid range. That's right, ninth uh, place. So, so I, you know, I was still right last week. Rakdos mid range hasn't won an RC. Correct. Uh, you know, rough time for mid-range players, right? When you are the number one target and 20% of the meta, it's kind of hard to win. It's true. I don't think it's a bad deck, but I'm no, just saying. Not at it's, all. You know, as I said, moving targets are harder to hit than standing targets. So you are, you are now the hill everyone knows they must climb. Exactly. You're important to the tournament scene. It's very important that other players, uh, when, they, when they give their victory interviews, talk about the... Uh, Rakdos mid-range players that they knew that they could beat on the way. You are a very important part of this ecosystem, that is correct. Exactly. Let's move on to the Japan one. All right, over in the next one. In our bottom four, we have Takeshi Miyawaki on Abzan Grease Fang. We have... uh, Oh, actually, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we move on, I did want to quickly shout out... Uh, one of our listeners who made top 16 at Australia oh, uh, yeah. with Kind of Returnal or Keen of Returnal. They knew I would butcher their name. They really wanted me to, they really wanted me to, uh, hold on, let's, let's figure this out here. What's uh, the real name? Keen of Returnal. Turnell? Turnal? Kind, Keen, Kane. I should have practiced. I knew, I knew about which this. One, I which place? Yeah, throw a little more Australian on there, you know? Yeah. Kind of Returnal. Uh, tenth place. Oh yeah, okay, I see it. Yeah, on mono white. So another mono white believer. So Kian uh, Turnell. That's easy. I don't know how why you struggled. Yeah. Uh huh. 
so congratulations. congratulations to the top 16 finish. Uh, that is insanely awesome. So congrats to you uh, as well. All right, let's head back, like I was saying, to our Japan and Korea. So where are we at? We are Hisamichi Yoshigoe on Teamer Vehicles. We have Rei Sato on Boros Convoke. Uh, Yuichiro Obara on Rakdos Midrange. Our top four, we have Noriyuki Mori on Abzan Greasefang. Kazuya Murakami on Gruel Vehicles. Our finals is Tomoki Ogasawara on Enigmatic Fires. And our winner, Mono Green Devotion by Alexander Von Stange. Von Stange? Uh, who I believe like had mentioned that they didn't even know they were live for top eight. Yeah, like, they made it at X and three. Yeah. They were like, they didn't even think they like top 32 or something like that, I think was what the story was. And then they found they were in top eight. Heck yeah. Hopefully they didn't leave the venue. <laughs> well, I mean, they won, so. Yeah. Man, a lot of Grease Fang in this top eight. This is a big Grease Fang meta. I mean, what's the. A lot of vehicles, of... too. Just a lot of cars in general. Yeah. You know, J- Japan, known for their automotive industry. Exactly, right? A lot of. Uh, Suzuki's and Toyota's all driving around there. Uh, Mono Green pulling it out through all of the mid-range stuff, which actually, normally you kind of struggle with the Acro and War type decks, so that's yeah. kind of interesting. I'd like to see what they did differently here in maybe the play, or maybe Polkernos really is just that good. Uh, well, Mono Green had to go up against... They went Grease Fang into Grease Fang into Enigmatic Fires. Well, okay, that's how they won. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they avoided the the girl vehicles, uh, a crow and war. Yeah, uh, kill you dead decks. Yeah, our our finals players. So it was Enigmatic Fires against Rakdos Midrange. So what? Hey, look, a Rakdos Midrange deck made it. They 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 are they were didn't win. They were there. Uh, so they made their. They went against Gruel Vehicles, and then yeah, they lost to Mono Green Devotion. So that is, uh, I think this is what a, a second win for Monogreen Devotion. Yep. So, um, the Enigmatic Fires player, really close. They're playing um, Path to the World Tree as a four of. We got to get our colors. That is exciting. That is what that is. Um, Enigmatic Incarnation Fires, Leyline Binding. This is not the Karuga build, mm-hmm. this is the Yorian build. Which, which do you like better? Karuga. Karuga? Maybe. Actually, the the real answer is just play Omnath to light. But I sure. see why people like this deck. Yeah. You know, who who would have thought, you know, Ricky out here hating this deck in 2021. Ricky's still out here hating this deck in 2023. I'm telling you, I will I will never enjoy Bring to Light in this format. Uh this is not yeah. I, I, I'm, I just, like, I'm just I'm just saying, right? Like I don't even know what Gloom Shrieker is. I gotta look that one up. Is that the green black cat? enchantment from yes. uh, the uncommon from Kamigawa. Is that what that is? I'm almost positive it is. It is. Yeah. Wow. The menace one. Yeah. Cool. I didn't know what that card does, <laughs> but interesting, interesting matchups here. This is kind of a little bit more what I would actually kind of expect to see, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of abs and grease fang and vehicles decks along with like the Boros convoke that's running real hot, the mono green player, right? Yeah. This is kind of where I think, you know, I think this says a lot about Pioneer. And I, a lot of people have been, I think, laughing on Boros Convoke, but it seems to be a mainstay in the top eights. I am also laughing on Boros Convoke. I am people. Okay, you are people? I am people. I think the deck is really, really powerful when you go on a tear. 
sure, any deck is good when you go on a tear. When oh, you're I on a like heater, you, when you're on a heater, you don't stop, Ricky. Not true. There are decks that can go on heaters uh, where their heater is just kind of mid. Like wreck oh, the rap- I, oh, I was going to say uh, Demir Rogues. Yeah, Demir Rogues, their heater hands. <laughs> um, that being said, there's a lot of Rakdos mid-range and Rakdos sacrifice in the top 16 here. A mono black mid-range. Is it creativity? Azorius Lotus Field. More Grease Fang. Grease Fang, as far as you can see. Somebody in 22nd place is playing Grixis Yorian. Ooh. Um, it is, it is an, it's an 80 card Rakdos mid-range, uh, deck that plays With treasure two treasures treasures. and invasion of Amonkhet. Okay. And one Sky Sovereign, because uh, we got to fill 80 slots somehow, right? Look, there's so many cards we could play Rakdos mid-range. What if we played all of them? We played just all of them and we get to play Orion, right? Yeah. I love it. Cannot hate this. This is hilarious. We got Fable. We'll find them. Yeah, exactly. We'll find the good cards. Uh, all right. Uh, last but not least, we have the showcase. Well, um, a little bit the least, but you know. Uh, the, the least, yeah. I don't know. I think you'll be excited not about the showcase. Not to downplay. I'm just saying. Now, anyway. I, I think this this showcase is won by something pretty exciting here. Uh, so in eighth place, we have Mono Green by Azax. In seventh place, we have Sotal 83 on Nykthos Ramp. In sixth place, we have Olivietti on Rakdos Sacrifice. Fifth place, uh, Zathrith, Zathrith on Azorius Control. Fourth place, Golden 91 on Mono Green. Third place, Ruthenium on Mono White Human. Second place, we have Ryzenza on Five Color Fires. Uh, this is, again, our enigmatic with the fourth uh, Path of the Wool Tree. And then in first place, we got Boros, but it's not Convoke. It's the Pia. It's the uh, the Boros Pia deck. This deck is wild. Yeah, I know. I know, Chris. You've been talking about this deck, and actually, you have uh, a, a deck tech coming out for patrons here uh, in the next few days. That will again uh, a week from now after that post to Patreon be up on the YouTube channel. So why don't you go ahead and bring this deck down for us? Yeah, I recorded the uh, I recorded deck tech on this. Um, today as of you know the recording day of this actually and i think this is the i think this is the boros deck right now that's hot i see some people in some facebook groups some men scrambling to to get some pias um, and they're real real cheap so let's go through what the deck is uh real quick here and so we get to be a gigantic deck right otherwise we're kind of a boros prowess deck so we've got uh, four monastery swift spear four soul scar mage four pia nalar console of revival this is Boros Colors for a 2-3. Thopters you control have haste. Whenever you play a land from exile or cast a spell from exile, make a 1-1 Thopter with flying. And I think those flying tokens are are pretty relevant. Um, they're also artifacts because they're Thopters, so you could play with that potentially if you wanted to. And then four of Bone Crusher Giant. Bone Crusher Giant, the way adventure works is you exile it. And that's the adventure that it's on. They didn't make a new adventure zone. It's just the exile zone. And it creates a special rule that says you can cast this from exile. So that has a small amount of synergy with Pia also. Then we've got play with fire as a classic burn spell for reckless impulse, a one of soul partition. That's the newish card that uh, for one and a white exiles, a non-land permanent, and they can pay two to recast it. You can also cast it on your own stuff. This kind of works doubly as like a protection spell. Um, for your own thing if you want it to. Oh, you can. And then, although it's more expensive to recast it, you then also get a Pia trigger if you need. And then your Reckless Impulse 5 through five through 8 
in Ren's Resolve. And then the non-spell, then you've got Chain of the Rocks as a four of, which is a very, very powerful removal spell in this format. That's kind of the one-mana equalizer to be like, well, my red spells aren't killing these Pelucranos. Pelucrani. Pelucrani. Oh, Pelucrani. Pelucrani. Or whatever big creatures. Shieldred's right. Shieldred's really hard to kill. But they can they can go on some rocks. We can splatter some dragons and some Phyrexians and some big old beastie boys across some rocks with those uh, chain of the rocks there. Four of Kamano faces Kakazar. You see those beastie boys have gone Beastie AWOL. boys? That's right. They're back. They're back. You four of uh, Kamano faces Kakazan. And then three showdown of the Skulls, which finishes things off. So this is more of a mid-range version. If you've seen the version of this floating around, um, and I talk about this a lot on my deck tech, you stop playing the spectacle cards because the spectacle cards don't have as much synergy with your with your prowess spells. Like it's it's a lot harder to trigger them, right? You do have some some face burn, you do have some uh, um Kamano faces Kakazan action, but they're just not consistent enough and so we foregone those to go a little more mid-range and just potentially combo off of the short of the scalds. You only play 20 lands, but with the amount of, you know, the eight redraw spells that we have, you see those pretty frequently. So like hitting your land drops isn't really a problem with this deck. Sometimes you flood out, to be honest with you. Like sometimes this deck looks pretty medium just because you're just like, oh, I hit a bunch of lands, you know, of my 20. And those are your, you know, your main ways to draw cards. But um, it's a very, very powerful deck. It's been, you know, like so this isn't the first uh, first time it's like won something. It's been in some leagues and things like that. So this, I think, is kind of one of the Boros decks. If you've got some Boros lands, this is what I've got built. I threw my uh, threw my Convoke cards in the, in the trash. Okay. Kind of just want to move the invasions main deck. I tell you, it's a trap. But you get to cast it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get. You I get to cast it. from exile, man. I tried doing that same thing because in arena you don't get chained to the rocks, and it's just it's too garbage most of the time. Like it's cute, but it's a turn off. There, if you draw it late game, it's terrible because it doesn't do anything. Like you really want that in the sideboard, and it's something I even mentioned in the deck tech because I was like, I tried this in the main deck. Don't do it. Um, some people may like it, but I'll tell you that I played a dozens and dozens of matches and it was, it was garbage. It was garbage more, way more often than it was good. So right. it is a cute idea because when it, you do flip that, Ricky's got the point when you flip the invasion of Gobakan, you cast it from exile. And so there is an extra synergy there, but, um, in the matchups, it's good. You want it where it's slower matchups, but any matchup where your opponent just empties their hand or it's awkward with your draw, you're kind of just like, all right, you know? You want to kind of either kill your opponent dead, or if you're playing the mid-range game, you've got Showdown of the Skulls in the main deck to fight that mid-range game. This deck seems very interesting. I like the uh, Soul Partition doing really weird things, especially with like casting it on your own Showdown of the Skulls. Yep. To recast Showdown of the Skulls and draw four more cards. Reset it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's weird. So you, it only increases the cost of an opponent's card. So like our stuff stays the same cost. Yes. Interesting. So. Super cool. I like this deck. I may have just purchased four foil showcase Pias, or eight, <laughs> uh, or twelve, while yeah. we were sitting here talking about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think this is something to do with your Boros cards that's pretty cool. Again, unfortunately, you just you have quite a few games like Burn Style where you're just like, all right, I kind of just petered out, drew two million, whatever, but this gives you gives you that reach. And again, Shredder of the Skulls is very pr- I I kind of like Shredder of the Skulls to escape to the wilds, but for more aggro or mid-rangey type stuff, and it is uh it is very, very strong. And then, of course, you've got the the Swift Spear stuff. You've got the Bone Crusher Giant, which there's a lot of weird interactions, right? Like, even I saw somebody, they flipped the Kamano Faces Kakazan, and that makes it so that if a flip Pelucranos doesn't deal, doesn't split into tokens. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he gets exiled instead. So there's a lot of cute things going on here that um, that you kind of want to know. Ricky pointed out uh, 
early in Pioneer's history, the Bone Crusher Giant stops protection shenanigans. We're like, oh, damage can't be prevented. So this deck's also like, if you have the Sacred Foundries, this deck is like barely a hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly right. Your your expenses are in the lands. The expiring advantages, which are like about eight bucks now, on the Sacred Foundries. All the rest of the cards are like two dollars or under. Huh. Interesting. Good deck. Good win. I, what's speaking of, speaking of Bone Crusher? I think it's also very important that. Uh, Pia is a 2-3, uh, meaning that she dodges Bone Crusher from other decks. And play with fire, right? It, it, yeah. The only thing it doesn't dodge is activated spell mastery damage spell. She also dodges destroy evil. Mm-hmm. She does not have four toughness. Yeah. She there dodges fire impulse. Yeah, you're right, Chris. Yeah. Just the front half. Yeah. And then uh, obviously she eats a push, but like, what doesn't? Right. Um, right. I, I think I think that three toughness is very relevant on that card. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything? Anything else we want to talk about these events? For like I said, uh, we'll be back kind of again doing a, a more so final overview of the current Pioneer format as we uh, kind of het, round things out for this this RCQ season and Pioneer uh, kind of at large goes a little bit on hiatus until uh, the RC at the end of December or the RC is in December. So uh, Pioneers are going away, uh, but of course, obviously, it'll be taking a bit of a back burner thanks to modern season starting yeah. up. But uh, we will still be here covering Pioneer and just having a good time in general. So, uh, yeah, like I said, anything, anything you want to talk about before we uh, start talking about some Lord of the Rings Limited? Well, let's talk about some Lord of the Rings Limited. Yeah, you guys you guys have been killing it. So, I, like I said, I haven't gotten a really chance to play. I'll just kind of ask some questions uh, as, as I have them. But you guys have been both killing it. So I've got a weird starting point to this whole conversation. Okay. Ready. I'm going to say this is going to be the only time ever where the draft experience might be better on arena than in paper. And this is because this set is stupid expensive still for no reason. And the cards are not worth anything. Uh, I think that if you and your buddies want to have a good time and go in on a $180 uh, draft box, and that is the price, I think... Maybe on TCG you can find for 170 for a box of draft boosters. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, honestly, because of how expensive of an investment that is, even if you give out the box topper as a prize and stuff like that, right? Um, you know, I feel like I, in paper, I'd want to get a little more bang for my limited buck, right? Sure. You basically draft mom twice in, in physical with your friends for the cost that it would be to draft this once, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say, like, if you want to do some paper, do like a draft league or a sealed league or something uh, where you can play more games and kind of get more value for. Because once the cards are opened and pl- like you know, and played with, that's the value. The set is very fun to play. The cards are not worth almost anything, with very few exceptions. Right? Very strange exceptions, like Nazgul. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I said, I think that like getting together at someone's house or you know, who has a TV hooked up to their computer and draft in with like the five of y'all, you know, switching seats, driving while you get up and crack a, a brewski or mm-hmm. an age appropriate beverage, you know, an apple juice out of the yeah. fridge, you know, apple juice, right. Uh, Cause it's not, it's the same price as any other set on arena and arena cards are already worthless. So it doesn't really matter. Right. Uh, in fact, the packs are better value on arena because you could open rare wild card, which is the best card to open from this set. So that's where I want to start the conversation. You want to play historic. What do you think Chris on that front? 
Yeah, you absolutely nailed it. I think I think that's an interesting place to begin the discussion because one of my reservations for drafting the set on Arena was that the cards are worthless to me because I'm not playing any um I'm not playing any, like any historic on Arena. Yeah. The the cards are also garbage. They're garbage everywhere, right? But I think you pointed out greatly where it's like, well, they're not worth a ton more in paper anyway, right? They're worth like nothing um online, but they're worth you know, uh, only a tiny percent more in paper anyway. So it's like, okay, well, why would I, why would I spend that much more, you know, when I can draft infinite and I think take advantage of a, of a really good format. I wasn't sure I was going to like, but I played pre-release, loved it. Um, I think I got an immediate grasp on what, what decks were good based on what I saw and what my friends were playing and all did well with. So, um, just based on like talking a ton at, uh, at that event, I feel like I, I, again, I was pretty tuned into to what looked good. And then started drafting, and and again, I've done quite a few drafts now, and I think, um, you know, I've got my money back at least in all of them with quite a few seven O's. As many of our friends, right? I know Ricky's on that train. Um, you got with uh, Ian, one of our friends, and, and had a seven seven win run. Ed's got a couple seven win runs. So, yeah, I think there's a lot we could talk about the format, but I think starting it from that that interesting perspective is, you know, your mileage will vary on how much how good this is for you. But if you want to have some fun as a break from Explorer, I think there's a lot here. Um, but that being said, you know, we've talked about a lot about what, what's gotten us. What do you think has gotten you? What do you think you're most likely to get a seven win run so, with? Ricky? So far, I've played an in-person draft, uh, five arena drafts. Mm-hmm. Uh, of those five arena drafts, I've gotten six or seven wins each time, except for one, which was a zero win draft because I tried to draft green. Sure. I think that you could have fun with a lot of the mechanics. I think a lot of the mechanics in the set are very like way higher value than they look. Yeah. And I think that uh, green is just the most unimpressive color, like by a lot. Sure. Um, now I'm not saying that you can't play green. Uh, I think that it's, you know, still going to be okay. And, but uh, just in general, I just want to start with like green is significantly weaker than the other colors by like a lot. I don't know if you felt that yet, Chris. Yeah, I have felt like I have felt like depending on what you're doing, white was one of the weaker colors. But I think that I think that you're right. Like the because I, I have liked the black white combination of colors. Right. I've liked Orzhov, you know, pretty pretty well. Um, you know, my my ranking definitely goes like I'd much rather be in red black, and then I'd much rather be in black white, and then like a Boros would be fine. I definitely think you're right, and then I think of the color combinations I'm thinking of, most of them don't involve green, because like red has a ton of big monsters, or like Gimli counter Gimli, the one that deals damage whenever an opponent's creature dies. Red has the like that wild uncommon, the five drop five four haste that whenever he attacks, you make a one one. Okay. Uh. I don't know the name of the guy, but he's legendary, right? Yeah. That card's like absolutely insanely wild. And he kind of like harkens back to like charging Monstrosaur from like Ixalan. Sure. Sure. Like in a, in a world of very relatively small creatures, right? Uh huh. Like he was just like big and hasty and just drops down and makes, starts getting you value. Sure. Sure. Um, I mean like, the thing with white and black, which are two colors I want to be in all the time, is they have a lot of cards that kind of create engines. Yeah. More than, like, create advantage, right? Like, uh, Faramir draws you an extra card every turn if a creature dies in yep. white. Uh, Gollum, like, 
lets you ring tempt every time he dies and lets you turn any any random creature you have laying around into Gollum again, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And being a 3-1, he trades with a lot of the format, right? Yeah. So, like, those cards in particular, like, cards that kind of create engine, I say, would, would be more of what you're looking for rather than just, like, straight synergy in this format. Like, you kind of have, sure. like, there's a lot of cards that make repeatable things, right? Like, you're you're doing something very powerful, and your opponent knows that if they don't do something, you're going to do it again next yeah. turn and again, right? Yeah. Um, cards like Treason of Isengard, literally just engines, right? Amass two sure. orcs, put a card back on top, and you can start, like, looping them, right? If you see the horn that makes humans, you congratulations, you've won your draft. That card's just, it, it's a self-contained engine, right? Yeah, it's that pretty insane, self-contained. but also, what's the, the other horn that you just, like, drew, like, 30 cards with, Ricky? Oh, whenever, of, whenever you attack with, no, 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 it's Horn of the Mark. Whenever you attack with two or more creatures, you get to look at the top six cards of your deck and reveal a creature and put it in your hand. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, the like, yeah, March the black gate. It's just sort of like, you're going to, your army gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger every turn, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's I, why I, I feel really, like I really liked some of the synergy mechanics. Like I've really liked a mass. I think like a mass has been pretty good. Um, there's the uncommon guy that gives your tokens death touch, which I think is really good. If you pick that up early, just to shifting into tokens, Right. Um, there's a lot of synergies that I've seen that I that I do think matter as far as like you can sack off the 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 trebuchet. I really like the trebuchet. The the one four it makes the rock. It may, yeah. It makes the two one flyer. Yeah. And then you can sack that off after combat, right? Like when it sacrifices itself to draw spells or different sack effects. So well, there's a lot of stuff. What what I've really liked in the format is there's a lot to keep track of. Yes. A lot to keep track of, and that really gives advantages to draft to like people who've done a lot of drafts, like right. drafts, um, aficionados, if you will, whatever you want to call it, because like keeping track of the ring tempts you to go, no, 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 don't forget, you can't block this guy, right? right? Or, you know, boom, I'm going to do cycling because I've been tempted enough. There's a, enough things to keep track of that I really, really have liked my positions just from drafting a ton that like, okay, I'm able to keep track of these things. And I think that gives us some win percentages. And it's, that's a format that I like. I like being rewarded for you know, being able to keep track of things and doing the math on what my opponent gets. I beat that. There's an insane blue white card that like end of every turn, oh, they either draw a card attack, or make they draw. And yeah. if you do, I they beat make that card, ones. which yeah. probably never happen. But um, <laughs> like, I think it was with the Gim, the Gimli that deals damage equal to. Um, right. Dead every creature, creature dies. Yeah. Because it was just like, they like quadruple blocked it. And I was like, all right, you take five. And then I have the two damage. And they're like, why do I take five? I'm like, well, each of your creatures that dies to my Gimli, uh, and then the other creature you blocked triggers a time for this, right. right? So there's a lot of cards that are like surprisingly powerful and can be the centerpiece of a deck if you get one or multiples, depending on how you want to draft it out and what gets past you. And, and like you said, it's a great yeah. it's a great format for uh, for Zen drafting, right? It's another Re- reading signals. It's another good reason why it's good on Arena is because there is a lot to keep track of and there's a lot of triggers. And yeah. why I love that stuff, right? Yep. In paper, becomes a little more overwhelming. Like, Duskwood Bats deals a damage every time you make a token or sack a token. Yeah, right, And right. so, like, some people didn't even realize that, like, oh, like, the boulder gets sacrificed at the end of combat. So that's yep. a trigger for making the boulder, a trigger for sacrificing the boulder. Yep. Like, just simple commons kind of really are... They're not exactly complicated. They just trigger a lot. A lot of cards just do a lot of triggering. 
Yeah. And there's a lot of at the end of turn, if X happened, then Y, right? Yep. So because of things like that, and then also tracking the ring. Yeah. Um, for those who want to know in paper, the way you do it is you just take the little ring card and just put it on the table. And as you go up, just add a die to track one, two, three, four. I like sliding it out from a playmat, you know, like each sliding time. Sliding it like, out of the playmat, yeah. Making it readable each time. Uh, I will say that I saw a lot of impressive green decks. They mostly started with a really, really strong green rare. So right. like, I, I wouldn't want to be drafting green good stuff, whereas I think you can draft blue good stuff because the uncommon, um, the uncommon uh, Gandalf is really good. The one that's like 2-4 and it gives all your stuff flash. It's got flash. That card's been really strong and a solid one. I think it draws you cards when you make something else your ring bear. Like that card's kind of an engine on its own. So like I've really, really liked blue. Um, and I think blue green can be good. Right. Not that it's your best one, but I think it can the be elf good. Deck like, is kind of insane. The scry matters deck. Right. The scry matters deck can really matter, I think, uh with again if you get blue to pair with it, because it's also a lot of draw card stuff, but I do think that that deck is more rare reliant than some of the other matchups. I think you could have no rares in red, black, or potentially in like a blue white or something like that, depending and be mm-hmm. carried by your strong uncommons and commons. I don't think that's the case from, from what I have seen in the green base decks. I think you really want like the guy who snipes stuff every time you're drawing cards or scrying or whatever that card. It's one of the Legolas cards that I think is a, a double green rare. So I think I think there are some things you can be doing with green. I do think they are much more rare reliant than any of the other color combinations. Because of how prevalent Skulk is, or Sulk, however you want to Skulk, pronounce it, yeah. right? Right, right. Um, as a mechanic, because the ring bearer will always have... Skulk, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting, and and games can kind of get stolen really quickly, uh, which is kind of wild. Like, you could be losing the entire game, and then suddenly just, like your ring bearer at stage four is a one powered creature and your opponent does not have a one powered creature in play. Yep. And then you're attacking. They don't block. You play a pump spell and then you deal damage plus additional three damage. And your opponent is dead out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing watching, watching you guys draft is like how interesting the board states look where it's like, it's almost like you you have all these like one and like two power guys and like that's good enough because it feels like the boards are either like you're like you're talking like fours and five power guys or they're like ones, right? There's like one through threes pretty easily, and then there's not really fours and fives. From there, you very quickly like escalate to like sevens, eights, nines, right? Mm-hmm. Like your your three three knight for four that gets a counter every turn. There's two of those. Yeah. Every time you draw a second card, it gets a counter, right? So those just become huge, huge, very fast. If you're not sacking your one or two, two orc army every turn, yeah. then it's definitely going to be an eight, eight very quickly. Um, there's also just like a lot of really nice quality of life stuff in this set for like limited, like the land cyclers, man, Chris, what do you think about the land cyclers? The one mana, Cycle for a land. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are really, really strong. Those are making an appearance in um in Living End and Modern. Well, they do specifically tutor for uh, a land type, not a basic land, which is right. awesome. And for right. one mana in Limited, that means that like honestly, like I cut a land for every two land cyclers I have in a deck. Yeah, I think I think there's a limit. <laughs> I think there's a limit on that. But I agree with you. I think I think it makes your man uh, land math a little bit tricky. 
um, but in, in a good way, right? Like these are cards that are really good. And again, we've talked previously about like lands that like the modal double face cards, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, these are really cool cards and really, really help. I really like those in draft formats where it's like, great, this solves a problem where, you know, lands are one of the best and worst mechanics in magic where they make a lot of non games. That's why we play best two out of three and pretty much everything. Tons of non games in magic and those kinds of things can help. And so those are cards that while they are not lands do let you, okay, you know, I'd got this in my early hand. It'll fix me from having a, a lesser land hand and I don't feel too bad about it. But if you draw one later, you get a really, really big creature. The six, four, the red one's insane. Most of them are just really good. So I, the there. real highlights to me are the blue and the black one. Sure. So the blue one I think is insane because one, it's five mana draw three. Okay. Right. Yeah. The, it's the just sorcery. Great, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you're happy to cast it. Right. And then also because the blue mechanic is instants and sorceries in your graveyard. Sure. It adds to that count for all the cards that want you to have instants and sorceries in your graveyard. Yeah. It, it can jump in the yard for that count for one mana and get you sure. your island. And then the black one I've been super impressed with, it's the six mana six five that can only be blocked by three or more creatures. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And man, if you want to super menace. end the game, right? That boy is here. Yeah. You know? Like I mean, they're all good. The, the green one for your for your money makes you a food, which right. is like the green mechanic because there's a lot of food stuff, obviously, in like green white reach. that way. It's a five seven with reach. That sounds right. It's like a reach because it's an int and it's got um it's five seven. It's really big. Yeah, and like said, so, and I know it makes a food, which is which is not insignificant. And like I so, said, I've really liked the red one. I think it's the one I play with the most, just in like adding combat uh, effectiveness to just tokens or something like that to other small creatures. Plus two plus four and that elsewhere, they're trample. usually going to want to trade with that because it's pumping other stuff, which means you're getting in for more damage elsewhere. Can be a little awkward with stopping some of your skulk stuff, but usually that plus two plus zero oh is a pretty big upside in my opinion. So I don't yeah, you all guys the are talking like about awesome. about how great Brawn the Gatebreaker is. Which is clearly the best card in the clearly. entire set. Clearly, I'm so sorry. That that exactly. And the, the best character in the entire franchise. Yeah, but to be fair, I think that Commander Masters spoilers start in about three hours from now. So as the sun sets, as Ricky says on Lord of the Rings, <laughs> you know, I'm real excited for uh, that. Oh, hold on. Did you see Rivals the of Ixalan spoilers are actually going to start in 24 hours. So we've got a, a packed slate here coming up. Did what you, you see Ricky? the price? Of the pre-order for Commander Legends? No, I haven't actually. Is your wallet tired from Lord of the Rings being expensive? No, actually, no. Uh, Well, I've been buying buying anime figures. Well, buckle up because you thought one hundred eighty dollars was ridiculous for a draft box. Oh no, three hundred and thirty-two dollars for a draft box. No. Yeah, pre-order. Do we even know what's getting reprinted yet? Nah, uh, there's like. Uh, Jeweled Lotus confirmed in the set. Okay, is that still expensive? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Okay, good. We promise it's good. All uh, yeah. dreams are going to be reprinted. Good. I mean, you know, Lord of the Rings is already dropping in price a little bit. No, like it's like the singles are dropped in price, but the yeah. sealed product is like really holding up there. Like I've read three yeah. finance articles this week about like how weird it is that the sealed product that isn't the collector boosters is like holding. I That's thought what Pokemon I, is though, right? Um, it's also how a lot of dead yeah, people. People, over, I think, I think people <laughs> underestimate the like the Tolkien aspect of it. 
like people are going to buy this product just to put in their closet. Exactly. That's the thing. Is like a lot of people who are not Magic players are buying this set, mm-hmm. and they're buying it, keeping it sealed. They don't want to buy singles. They don't actually care about the actual set, right? Yeah. Well, they do, right? But they they care that it's a desk piece, right? Yeah. Like they're going to put it. Like, oh wow, look at Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. You know, mm-hmm. there it is on the mantle. Look at it. Uh, or they're cracking, you know, packs collector boosters. collector boosters, right? Yeah. So, like, the singles are really cheap. Honestly, like, Deserted Temple was a $50 rare. It is a box topper in this set. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can now get non-foil from this set for $7. And the... Uh, oh, oh, Chris is, uh, oh, Chris Chris is something to say. That was an accidental click. Well, I was just going to come with the Caracas is, like, $12 now. Right. Um, Orobo, Orabo, the whatever in the sky. Yeah, that also land, I think, yeah. That card is down to like 25 bucks. What's Cavernet? Cavern is dropped down to like $30 foil. Ooh. That was a good move to unload my caverns because I was like, Commander Masters, Lord of the Rings, a set literally called Caverns of Ixalan. What's uh, what's Great Henge at? That one's still expensive. I don't know. But it, it has fallen some. It has fallen some. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love uh, how there was like, no, we will not make Caracas Commander legal. Yeah. Yeah. You can have it, but you can't play it. You can't play it. But you could make um like the great the thing is like for the same price as before, you can now get some pretty dope looking great henges. Mm-hmm. The party tree is down to fifty four ninety nine. Right. Which yeah. is big process. Like that's that's a big jump down from like seventy dollars for a great henge, you know. But can't you get a cool yeah. version of it too? That's like a party tree, yeah. But what I'm telling you is like is that is that an extended art or something like that? Yeah, it's the different art, yeah. Yeah, well, I was thinking more like an extended art or like a cool, a cool version, you know. Well, there's no stopper. There's no, uh, there's no actual reprint. Like they're all new art cards, and they just are like it says like, uh, you know. But there's aren't there different Bilbo's versions? backyard, right? No, I uh, the box toppers they aren't like in the regular set. They're just like the one thing. Right. Yeah, I got you. I got you with that. So are they always foil then? They're foil from the box topper, but you can pull them non-foil from collector boosters. That's, that's, okay. so that's what I thought. Then you can that's what I, get that's what I thought. surge foils, but surge foils are basically as rare as serialized cards. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So if you pull a surge foil, you're talking about so one in two hundred and fifty packs, something like that. I saw. Yeah. So that's a lot, you know. Yeah. But and don't for, don't forget, special edition collector boosters coming out in December. There's that new foil they haven't shown off yet. So a big thing, though, I will will say from being me and being the stupid person I am. Okay. Uh, like when people started collecting every dead card game under the sun because uh, Logan Paul opened Charizards, mm-hmm. um, there became like a new phenomenon where people who had knew nothing about card games were just buying it because they were going to go to the moon, right? Yeah. And we created a lot of really weird economies where people who wanted to play the dead card game found that they could buy entire sets for one eighth to one tenth of the price of like a single booster box. Where like literally like booster boxes of Harry Potter trading card game were selling for more than every single card in the in the set combined. Like you could sure. literally just buy a complete set of the Harry Potter cards. Yeah. And uh, that's what I feel like is happening here. We're literally like a complete set of Lord of the Rings. Like, honestly, what is that? Minus, minus the ring. No, even with the ring, like just like the draftable cards, right? Uh, yeah. Luis Scott Vargas recently tweeted that he was looking to purchase complete sets of every draftable card. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm thinking like there's no way that goes over two hundred fifty dollars, right? Right. Like I'm looking at this set for Commander, and like it's insane. Like I'm now going to build a Commander deck because of this stuff, and uh, right. like all the singles you want, like the Samwise Gamgee for combo stuff, the uh, the the new Bilbo, which can be Commander. All like most of the cards are just dirt, dirt, dirt cheap because right. there are so many different versions of them. Like even the the one ring, like regular non foil, it's thirty bucks. 30 right. maybe $40. It's still you get one in every one of the bundle or something like that, right? Right. That's the only thing keeping it down because it is the best card in modern. Not even yeah. close. But uh, like that card and, and the Bowmasters, that's going to be 40 bucks, right? Delighted Halfling's like 15 mm-hmm. Uh, I guess if you want one of each of the nine Nazgul, that will run you back like an extra 40 bucks, 45 bucks. Yep. I, I think you could get a majority of every card in the set for under the $180 price tag of a, of a draft booster. I think, I think if you were savvy, that's exactly right. I think you're, if you're savvy, so that's like exactly right. if you wanted to just collect the Lord of the Rings set, I mean, you could do it without, without buying booster boxes, but that's the, the point here. People that don't know about the card game very much, right? It's, they don't really know what's in the set. They're just buying booster boxes to hold on to. And that's fine. That's, that's a normal thing that can happen. I don't, I don't see it on, on Don, I was I was checking Don Glare to see if they had like what the box EV is, and I don't see it listed on Don Glare. It's yet. like abysmal. <laughs> yeah. Did you see like uh, I, I don't know? Prof opened a, a collector box, and no, I haven't watched the video, it. but I'm sure it's bad, right? But like he hit every good box topper you could hit, and like he hit like a Cavern of Souls, he hit a Gemstone Caverns, and he hit like a uh, a Rabo. Oh. And like. Missed Orcish Bowmasters, missed the One Ring, so his five hundred dollars collector booster was like two hundred dollars on the dot. Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen that Barf one just because, like, unfortunately, the One Ring is like really rare, even in the collector boosters. Not the serialized version, not nothing. Um, and then, of course, like the chase cards are, I think, are like a little bit too rare. Like the the elvish cards are like super rare. The surge foils like there is a lot of hits, but they're so rare as far as like one per case on each of these that like you might get one of those cool alt arts in the case, um, but that that might be what you're you're limited to. Again, you could get lucky, but most of the time, unfortunately, some of those big spins are as I say worthless. with gambling and lotteries. Right, mm-hmm. uh, your greatest increase of odds uh, from zero to non-zero is your first pack. Or your first ticket. Yeah. And any purchase beyond that is diminished returns. So uh, use that information how you will. I bought one collector booster. My dad opened it on Father's Day. We had fun. We opened nothing good. I was I was going to try to buy a gift bundle. And then uh, now they're like stupid expensive on the aftermarket already. And it's not even out yet. But uh, yeah, the I would say this format is a ton of fun unlimited on Arena. Get everybody in Discord and, and gather around an arena, uh, or or draft it once or twice in paper. Maybe a local shop is doing a you know pretty good deal. Yeah. Um. The local the RCQ that's Lord of the Rings in San Antonio, fifty bucks. Full yeah, bet, better than the one here in Houston. Yeah, they're going to give out good prizes too. So I I, I will say I, I do think it's relevant to talk about this format because as pointed out by I think it was it was Kev Man who suggested this this topic from Patreon our Patreon listeners, um, they're like, this is potentially a going to be still relevant limited environment for at least like a month or so, because I think we will see a mix of 
stores running this and mom still during that first month of modern season before uh, Eldraine comes out. Right. I, I can't wait for Eldraine. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of nice, honestly, though, because like legitimately as a pioneer player, um, which is my main priority. I mean, I'm going to play modern when modern season comes out, but I'm not really mm. thinking about it too hard. I'm just like, cool. This came out. I'm going to draft it. I've got some friends who are really into Lord of the Rings. We're going to do a, a sealed league that ends with a Lord of the Rings watch party. Right. And yeah. uh, that's fun. And that's cool. Yeah. And I won't touch any more of the product and it'll be over there. Um, and uh, I might use it to buy cheap cavern of souls, but uh and then Commander Masters is going to come out, and I could just uh, not care about that. Yeah. Uh, unless they reprint Rending Volley, which I highly doubt would be in a Commander product. <laughs> because foils of Rending Volley are $35. Yep. I know, I've been, I've been looking at... I need for Phoenix. I've been looking at foiling out uh, Racksack, and um, yeah, man, I need, I need a Mayhem Devil reprint, and I need like Rending Volley. Jeez. But, uh, you know, so I'm kind of excited to just sort of like chill and not have to like freak out and throw fits about this set. Um, did we already like ultimately dunk on the secret layer? No. Did we do that? What? We didn't do that actually. Uh, there's a secret layer that for $40, you can get 71 cents worth of magic cards. <laughs> God, it's so bad. So it is such a shame too, because I, I think it's so cool that they do have like, what we joked about last week with the animated Lord of the Rings and the Saruman of Many Colors, which I hope you enjoyed that in the edit, by the way. I did the- enjoy that in the edit. I enjoyed that a lot. It's it's the the only I watched the stupid animated Lord of the Rings because uh, I kept telling everybody that I've seen every Lord of the Rings movie once, and that's the uh-huh. extent of my fandom. But I was lying because I hadn't seen that one, so I watched it, and that was the scene that stuck out to me the most because it was so funny. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, that would be a really cool Oh yeah. That'd be a really cool one, but instead it was just like you want terrible Still on the ring? Comments? Yeah, like do you want comments from the I, I will say I love the elemental one. Man, the elemental okay, I guess can we just shove this in real quick? A real quick yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh if the elemental one had four color omnath one, it means yeah. you can play all of the cards in the in the deck all in one commander deck right true yeah and also uh all of it would make sense like all of them would be awesome and i would be telling everybody to buy i mean this the two color on it is still like pretty good value for sure and yeah risen reef and you get the voice resurgence best card pioneer i I mean look i will be picking those up as singles when when they drop right Right, i just don't feel like buying the the secret layer for those two um also these secret layer like besides like there's a couple cards that this is gonna be their first time having a foil which I think is really big for some of these I sets really, as well. Like, I really, I and no disrespect to art, art is subjective, right? Yeah, I don't like the style that the artist who does the goblins does. They've oh. done several secret layers, and it's not. It's, it's my very jam. like Adventure Time influenced. It's not my jam, and for those people who is their jam, it looks like jam, which is great. Uh, but that's not my style. Yeah, so that's not, I'm not going to be picking that one up as much as I love the goblins. Yeah, uh, hey, and we get ten basic lands. Is my jam. Ten mountains in a pack is very funny to me because, like, if they had just sold me ten snow-covered uh, windows, ninety-eight window 
Yeah. Lands right in a pack. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would have jumped on it because I had to buy them one at a time, right? Yeah. And so they're finally they're like, okay, you get ten mountains for thirty dollars. They're all different, though. and I'm like, cool. They don't match. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I think they have song lyrics from to the guy who made them. Yeah, something like that. The mountain goats. Is a band. I was like, where are the goats of these mountain goat ma- basics? I'm pretty sure Mountain Goats is like a folk band. They put they make Ruckman music. Oh, I need to listen to them then. I you know I love Stomp Clap Hey. Right. Anyways. Alright. Wild Week. Wild Week. Alright, let's round things off here uh for the Patreon mailbags. Of course, we are sponsored by our Patreon, patreon.com slash crew three MTG. We have several wonderful tiers available. Um which come from a variety of things, just by getting your name in all of our videos that we post on YouTube and Twitch streams, um, and then exclusive content and the swag bags, uh, which the um, the stragglers for Ju- uh, for uh, May that really got messed up because of DreamHack, and then the June ones will be shipping out. Uh, I'm dropping them off. They have their enveloped up, ready to go. They'll be dropping all of those off. So. Uh, again, sorry for the delays, uh, everyone. You're, I feel bad by saying you're used to this by now because you really shouldn't be. Uh, but they are, they are they're out, out and on. Uh, they'll be on their way this weekend. Also, uh, the way our system works, though, like we give people like the middle of the month to sign up. So, like to be fair, to be fair, like we don't cut it off on the beginning of the month. We're like, ah, like you have time if you find us later in the month and you want to subscribe. Yeah, you could you could subscribe for that month. So because because I, we do it, I also that. I also don't guarantee it, but I do order some extras so that sometimes. Uh, I can actually include people who do sign up past our uh, deadline on the 10th. What do you want? Calm down. Are you hyped for Patreon? You little dolphin dolphin head. Uh, Uh, I need to go. Hey, timestamp that. uh, 106 where I called my cat a dolphin head. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Anyway, so we have all the available. And, of course, everyone does get access to the Patreon mailbag where you can ask a question that sounds something like this. Uh, Kevman asks, uh, "What Kevman's on a roll? He got the he got the topic this week, and uh, he got the mailbag this week. So Kevman, um, Kevman on the roll. I mean, really double check. Did I, did I attribute that right? Pretty sure it's Kevman who asked for Lord, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it was. All right. Um, what is the crew's serious opinion on modern? We joke only kind of about free spells and the cost, but how do you feel about the gameplay, the meta diversity, or other factors about the format? What a week for that question to come up. You know." Yeah, the one ring is everywhere uh, in in destroying things. Um, I don't know, Ricky. You probably played the most modern out of any of us. What do you What do you want to start off with here? Um, so the way modern is played and why it's so exciting to the people who play it, right, is because every card is so high power, high ceiling, and mm-hmm. normally very little mana cost. Uh, to the point that like every card coming off the top ropes can completely flip the game around. So with two high-powered modern decks, you'll see the game flip back and forth uh, two to three times, uh, which is exciting for people who like uh, kind of, you know, just jostling in there, you know, and, oh, you know, something about skill, but it sure doesn't apply to me. And, uh, you know, that's kind of exciting. To me, I think it's kind of stale. I I know, you know, people don't like to hear it, right? But, you know, I think shutout baseball games are amazing, you know? Uh, I like to work hard and be rewarded. I like to play very tight and get rewarded and not lose because my opponent like 
top decked like solitude 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 right mm-hmm. um uh, so to me it feels a little loose right so the games that i the games that get stolen from me like that feels really bad the games where like uh a hate piece that's so powerful that like it can't really be dealt with and that determines the game that's like the other way that modern gets determined yeah right is like a blood moon comes down or some some hate piece that's so unbelievably unfun and oppressive to one deck that they can't play anymore so to me that's how modern feels i know it's a little deeper than that and it is quote diverse but really the diversity like it's all just like it's the same cards in different shells right Mm -hmm. and now even more so because literally every single deck that can and even decks that can't look at you creativity are playing the one ring now yeah i've seen i've seen creativity winning with one copy of the one ring uh and that card's just not fun Uh, as as fun as it is when you play it right i don't think you've been on the other side of that card yet because uh having to just sit there and do nothing for a turn while your opponent draws three cards and then draws like another three cards right is not very fun. I don't know, man. Doom makes onto something with playing uh, Shieldred and and the One Ring at the same time. That right. was brutal. Um, I, I am. I will give Modern and Fair Shake into it. Like, I think the amount of tier two point seven five decks that you kind of can just come out of nowhere. I do think makes things fun. I think that there's a lot of decks that like you can pick up. Some, there's a lot of decks in Pioneer that just can't pick up a match, right? Like you're just, if you can't go under mono green, you can't really go over them almost no matter what you do. So like you, you kind of have to have, you know, a game plan in place. Um, and so like, there's a lot of really, really, you know, clearly defined super strong decks. And you, and that's true, I guess for modern as well, but because there are so many cards there's a lot of cards that again sit in that almost tier three mm-hmm. um, place of the format, and like I said, you're gonna respect a blood moon. You're gonna respect the fact that there's so many cards. Like if your opponents didn't sideboard for you that week, then you can you know you can take off with it. But if you see too much living end in your local meta uh, or hammer, you know you can come with those tools and and beat those. So yeah. you know again, I, I do not like the like Ricky said. I, I do think that there's a, a lot of top deck wars that people kind of forget about um, where, and like I said, all the cards are so powerful. Look, I, I top deck and got to dash a monkey. And now I'm just like, I made a treasure. I got cards. And again, sometimes those, uh, those lines aren't as relevant, but I have experienced that as well. It's like too many free spells, too many powerful things, but at the same time, right. I am looking forward to trying to find the deck that I enjoy. Um, Mm-hmm. And and doing like finding a two a tier two point seven five deck that I like playing and trying to jam it against some people and and see what comes up with right. Aspiring Spike makes a ton of great content and he seems to do really well with some of these decks uh, week in week out. Some are better than others, but I think there's a lot of can- content to look at and um, I am excited to see what what all is going to happen. Ruckman, what are you what are what are you thinking? I don't even know that either of us have a either so- close to a modern deck together. No, I mean, I will say, like, there, there are plenty. I, I, I think it's just a shame because I think looking at the format, there are decks I would enjoy playing. Um, like, I would love to jam Hammer Time. I think decks like Merfolk, you could still get away with playing and things like that. Obviously, humans every now and then. Uh, I think there are, there are a lot of decks that fit the play style that I enjoy in the modern format. I just think that the mentality and the tradition behind modern um, and kind of, again, we talk about how Pioneer is kind of that like golden era, 2015, 2016 era of modern. Now I feel like, you know, I'm not, not to harp on a broken record. I'm not a fan of the addition of things like horizon sets, things like that, things like that, not just from a 
uh, money standpoint, but I do believe that like, I think modern lost some of its identity in the fact that now uh, we are just going to see cards, you know, because not to say that their cards weren't made for modern, right? Like every standard release set, you know, uh, you could point to a card and be like, oh, this is a modern reprint. Oh, this is a card being injected into the standard set to not disrupt standard and kind of guide modern a little bit. But now we're now that we're just indirectly injecting things into modern and we have a more direct hands-on control of the format, I think that means I that makes deck building in modern a lot less. Can we find the interact? Can we find the new piece in the standard set that like breaks the deck wide open? We don't need to do that anymore. Now, now they go here. Are the mythics in this made for modern set. Um, here's modern what they do. Block constructed play what the format play is. them right. Um, and you know, you you could argue that like stand like pioneers that as well. But I mean, it's smaller card pool, right? Like now with Horizon sets, you are invalidating a lot of the cards that would normally be entering into modern, and you are also just erasing a lot of I feel like historically modern relevant and things like that. Now you just have it really is turning into block constructed, and I think um, it takes away the interesting aspect of eternal formats where or non-rotating and more so eternal formats where again we are directly controlling directly going hey here are the new good cards play these whereas these formats used to be like we got like one or two new good cards a year mixed with this stuff from like five plus years ago what what can we make now it is just now you get a couple cards for a few years ago and here's these cards from like this month yep yeah, I do. I do feel like, you know, I, I'm willing to accept the, you know, I'll pick which Modern Horizons two cards I want to play, right? Because they put me in that two, tier 2.75 deck. I'll, I'll play some Modern, right? I think I think the format does look pretty fun, although the one ring is kind of like obliterating things. We'll start playing exiling uh, exile effects and, and do things like that. But burn. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see if it survives this. But as of right before the one ring was dominating Modern, I was interested in playing, right? I, I think I would have some fun in the season, um, and maybe I don't. I just stick to limited. We'll see. But. I I guess I guess the good thing about um, Lord of the Rings also being the commander set this year, because you know Commander Legends isn't also happening, Commander Master, whatever, right? Um, is that there are still cards impacting this the format outside of the One Ring, but they just aren't as like overwhelming as modern horizon right has right. been right so it, it makes me sad because i i really like what lord of the rings has done it's giving you like a new cat combo there's giving you some more food um synergies and things like that but those cards are kind of overshadowed by the one ring but this is a set that it's like oh wow if we were printing at this power level not to just sell packs then we would have been fine but i think that they knew that lord of the rings was going to sell really well because of the ip and didn't have to rely on going, oh, look, we're putting these broken cards from modern. You have to buy them. That it kind of makes me, it makes me a little sad to see what kind of could have been, right? Like, well, do, I you, think do, you, do you think if we like take out a small subset of cards, right? Um, and I'm saying I want this to happen, but if we take out those small subset of cards, like the one ring and a few others, could you put Lord of the Rings into Pioneer? No problem. Oh, man. No. I don't know that I've looked at it that hard enough to, nope. to know. I don't want to because I don't want to add the ring. No, no, I'm saying if you take out like a couple subsets of cards, like the ring, maybe a few others. Like no, I feel like, like I don't want to add like the tempting. Oh, okay, sure. I don't want to add the whole mechanic. I don't like the whole. That's mechanic fair. The okay, that's fair. Sure, but I, I hear you say like the power level seems more on par, right? Like, yeah. There's some aggro stuff you could do. Legends gets good with delighted half length. Yeah, I get, I get like I I think there's like the I feel like the legend sub theme. Um, Chris is also talking about food, which is like you know hopefully we get that in Eldraine again because like. 
man, I, I think there are some things we can do in Pioneer. Like, you know, could we, could Eldraine 2 unlock like Feasting Troll King and stuff Feasting like that? Feasting Troll again? King was my first like, thought. Yeah, I, yeah. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that um, Lord of the Rings could have helped impact with that hopefully as we start revisiting some of these one and two set uh, blocks, we can right. get some new interesting stuff going for some of the more parasitic mechanics. Yeah, fair enough. Right. Great question. Yeah, great question. That'll do it uh, for this week, gentlemen. Where can they find you on the socials? Hey, you can find me currently for now on the Twitter at it's underscore Christmas and Christmas has no T. You can find me on Twitter at also Steve and I will be streaming on Twitch. If not tonight, tomorrow night. Awesome. And then of course you can find me at crew three podcast for our official account and posting all the things up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash crew three MTG. Like I said, uh, Chris been doing some deck techs for us. They've been going up on the Patreon. And like I said, uh, give about a week or so after the Patreon, I'm going to transition them over to the, the YouTube channel. And uh, besides the video podcast now coming out, uh, generally I'm going to try to keep it every Monday. Sometimes editing might be out on Tuesday. It depends on how busy weekends are. Uh, but besides that, we have other stuff going on. I'm going to start finish editing and start posting those videos I've been doing with my wife, having some fun with magic. Just, just check out the channel. We're going to have lots of fun stuff out there, uh, sort of outside of just normal gameplay and things like that. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, everyone, we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.